0: You're listening to PX Space, a patient experience podcast devoted to the human side of healthcare. In episode one, we speak with Linda Robinson, the vice president of clinical excellence at MDM Healthcare. How are you doing today, Linda? I'm good. How are you doing, Ashton? I'm doing great. So Linda, you have 35 years of nursing experience uh, with a focus on patient and family centered care and patient engagement technology.
1: Yes, I do. Um, I started working in patient engagement technology when I was working as the um, administrator of a program called Partners in Care at a large hospital system in Northern Kentucky. I had done—I had been tapped to do some research on patient and family-centered care for the facility. And um, after we did that and we were looking at all of the data and all the findings from the research, I was then asked to be the administrator over our patient engagement solution. So I found out very early that you really needed to combine the two because the patient engagement technology was only going to assist with the patient and family-centered care. So to enculturate both at the same time, so it's seen as one initiative rather than two, and creating that culture around it, um, it really helped with uh, nursing adoption of of the system, as well as patients, because we were really personalizing their care. I
0: have to mention, you know, you're an accomplished national speaker, you're a published author, and you've been recognized as the ANCC Magnet Nurse of the Year and the Business Courier Journal's Health, Healthcare Hero Award. <clears throat> How have you used your incredibly accomplished background to help develop the Journey PX platform?
1: Well, you know, early on, like I said, when I was working with patient and family centered care and my early times with um, patient engagement technology, I was very successful at driving utilization of the system, and I think it's because we really personalized it, worked very closely with patients and families, and I think that's where you get their voice. That's where you find out really what is it that they want, because many times as a nurse, oftentimes I would think what's most important to the patient is what I thought was most important to the patient, but that's many times was incorrect. You know, if somebody was having a heart attack, I thought, oh, you know, their chest pain or their labs or something was most important, when really it could just be that they wanted to see their family. So we really need to see, uh, we really need to let the patients and their families be our guides. And so that's something that I brought with me to MDM, seeing the possibilities of what technology can do and the difference it can make for that patient. So personalizing, humanizing, and demystifying that healthcare experience for them. Many times patients are in their room alone, they're frustrated, they're scared, they're tired, they're overwhelmed and what they need is information. You know, who's my doctor? What's going to happen today? Um, I don't feel like anybody's telling me anything. And it's so hard for the nurse to be everything to everyone. And we really try to be that. But this is something that can be in there, giving that patient information, even when the nurse cannot be in the room. So one of the first things that I feel that um, we did at MDM is that we really wanted to make sure that the system was intuitive. Here we have a patient who's scared, overwhelmed, and they know how to turn a TV on. Even my dad at 89 years old can work a television and he he does it very well. He knows the buttons to push. So if you can work a television, then you can utilize our solution. And that's so important because that patient is not in a position to learn something new. They should not have to have computer knowledge to work this solution. It should be very easy, very simple, very clear on how to use it. And so that is something that we have spent a lot of time on. And I have to tell you, my father, for a perfect example, my father, when we came in to visit him, his response was when we said, hey, Dad, what's going on today? Generally, when my father was in the hospital, it would be, I don't know anything, nobody tells me anything. But this time, when we walked in, he said, "Hang on, I've got a button," and he pushed the button on his spillo speaker, and up came the solution. It was his digital whiteboard, or like what we'd like to call my day-to-day screen, and he was like, "There's my nurse. There's my doctor. This is what's going to happen to me today," and that was very important to him. It gave him that information, and he began to trust his healthcare team around him. The next thing that I feel that we are very good at is we wanna make sure that the information that's getting put on those boards is relevant. It has to be personal and relevant. If my name is, um, I'm trying to think of a longer name than my name, Um, you know, maybe my name is Linda, but my entire family calls me Faye. So on that, my day to day screen or that digital whiteboard, it could say Faye. I like to be called Faye already it's personal to me. And that information that's up there is specifically for me. That education that's there is specific for me. It's relevant information, which makes me look at it, makes me interested. What do I need to do to get better? And if I know what I need to do to get better, maybe it's walking in the hallway, getting up in a chair, then I'll do that. And when I go home, it gets me ready for discharge. You know, we talk about readiness for discharge. If I've watched information or videos, um, educational videos about my health, if I know what activities I need to do, what my goals are, when I go home, I'm going to continue to do that because I've been looking at that information every day and I've been assimilating it into what I need to do to take care of myself. Um, So, those are some of the biggest the two biggest things as far as the solution in the room um, for the patient. The next thing I would like to say is the clinical efficiencies. Um, nurses need that extra hand. They need um, something that helps them do what they already do, but even better that can save them some time. So I really focus and we at MDM really focus on clinical efficiencies that we can provide the clinicians um, whether it's clinical workflow at the bedside or that clinical flow that's within their electronic medical record Um, so very important that we can follow what they do and we can enhance it and provide efficiencies along the way and we do that by working with our the clinical team at the organization that we are working with and then lastly, something that I am hugely excited about, all of these things, again, um, I'm very excited about, but also humanizing care in a virtual way is something that we have been working on. We developed it during COVID. Um, you know, I went back to work during COVID right in the midst of it. And I can tell you, um, and everybody that's listening to this, if you were doing bedside care at the time, you know it was care and chaos. Uh, you were covered with two man an N95, a regular a surgical mask over that, glasses, a cap, a shield, um, scrubs, shoe covers, the whole nine yards, everything. How much of that, of what we were saying to our patients, do you think they even understood? You know, we had nurses bringing in baggies with their cell phones on it because patients couldn't see their families. And many patients died without seeing their families and their families seeing them. So, you know, we wanna make sure that no patient ever has to die alone or their family can't be there so with our cloud-based solution we have a way to connect people virtually through a secure connection via their television set you know if they just want to reach in and talk to their family and connect that way psychologically that does so much for a patient so much support and it doesn't have to be a pandemic you know it could be my daughter lives in california or my mom is sick and is in rehab and i need to talk to her and she needs to talk to me you know it's it's all those things that bring that family in that is giving that personal care in a in a virtual way and then also we can bring the care team in in a virtual way, creating a virtual care model so that even in today's world where all of our providers and nurses are still wearing masks. I think of my dad at 89. If I'm in there talking to him with a mask on, he can't understand a word I'm saying. I can leave that room. I can come back into that room via that 43 inch flat screen TV and say, "Okay, Mr. Madden, do you understand what we talked about? And he can see me, he can see my smiling face as his nurse or his provider, and have a conversation then to make sure, again, that he understands his care. Because it's so important that everything that we do, we speak in a language that our patients understand. The information is relevant, and it's easily accessible to them, and um, provided in the most personal and humanized way that we possibly can. So, um, one thing I didn't add when I was talking at the beginning is that um, when I say talk in a way that we understand, everybody, if you're a nurse and you're listening to this, you know the whiteboards that are in the rooms. They're the grease boards that we put our name on, and we put some facts on there. And unfortunately, many times those boards are not updated during the day, and patients aren't exactly sure who their nurse is. And so, on you know, if we talk about the whiteboard, that's hospital speak. A patient doesn't understand what a whiteboard is. And so, on our solution, which is delivered on the TV in the room, the whiteboard is called, it's digital at this point. So, all of the information, most of it is flowing straight from your EMR. Um, we call that the My Day Today screen. And so, when a patient sees My Day Today, They are driven to that because they want to know, so what is my day going to look like? So again, it's so important that the solution's intuitive to use. It's on their TV. They can use their pillow speaker, which is they call their remote many times or their nursing call light. If they can work a TV, they can work our solution. They don't have to have computer knowledge. That the information is relevant and personal. It's speaking to them because it's about their care. It's in a a language they understand. They don't, you know, they you're not putting left upper extremity up on that board because they're not going to understand that. They're going to say, who's Lou? You know, it's going to say your left arm. Um, and then lastly, you know, humanizing their care through virtual, um, you know, that virtual connection. And so we are very passionate about that. And um Yeah. So that's a lot of the work that I've been doing with MDM and I'm extremely excited about it. And I feel that we are on the cusp of really going into the future with our product. And thank you.
0: You touched on a lot of things that I was going to ask you, um, (laughs) because you're just so eloquent and passionate about it. And I love it. Um, I want to just maybe narrow in just a teeny bit more on the, um, the uh, hospital care teams and the clinical workflows, and just a little more in depth about how this product is helping nurses and and care teams, saving them time, saving them, yes.
1: Certainly. So, you know, I I think every nurse, I mean, we've all, when we go through nursing school, we're passionate um, about being an advocate to the patient, but we also have to be an advocate for our profession. And um, coming out of this pandemic, Even before them, there's been a nursing shortage. Now in 2025, they're saying the nursing shortage could be, the workforce could be down 250 to 400,000 nurses. You know, we have got to adopt some technology to help us do what we do, to support patient satisfaction, to support our quality and safety initiatives. Um, and this is a tool that will help you support those initiatives that you're working on. And so many of them are required by CMS or the Joint Commission. When you think of hospital-acquired conditions, so through your EMR with our solution, so a hospital-acquired condition could be a pressure injury. It could be from a fall. So we want to make sure that we educate our patients about those um, about those conditions. So, if you think about um, when a patient is admitted and we do a Braden score on that patient, so that is an indication of skin integrity. So, if they have a Braden score of 18 or less, and I'm putting that into my electronic electronic medical record, and it says that that is a score of under 18, it can automatically send that patient a video on what is a pressure injury. It can also prompt that patient to watch that saying, Your nurse has assigned you a video to watch about your care. Would you like to watch it now? Or would you like to watch it later? Um, After the patient watches the video, it can then document back into the electronic medical record that the patient has said that, they, that they've that they completed it, but then also if the patient says that they understood the information or not. So that is one way to help nurses with getting that information to the patient so that they understand that. And again, thinking about when that patient goes home, when they go home, they know that they can't sit in their chair or lie in their bed for eight hours because they're thinking about their skin integrity. So pressure injury is one, a pressure injury can cost the hospital 70 grand. I mean, it's extremely expensive. We don't want our patients to get pressure injuries while they're in the hospital. Um, A fall, the same way, if a person has a moderate to high Morse fall score, we wanna make sure that that patient watches a video about preventing falls in the hospital. Or maybe we want every patient to get a video on, you know, hospital safety. And that talks about skin integrity, talks about falls, it talks about hand washing and infection, talks about looking at your food when it comes to you to make sure that you're not getting anything that you shouldn't be eating. Um, So, there's many ways that we can assist in um, all of those quality and safety initiatives um, just through integrations with your EMR. Now, if you think about bedside report, which is one of our biggest, um, I guess, gap closures in communication, um, you have at bedside shift report, two nurses come in at the end of each shift, the off-going nurse and the ongoing nurse. So um, we really support the ability to put some accountability around this. This is something that's very hard to hardwire for organizations. So um, we can help you put some accountability around Bedside Report. But if you think about um, two nurses coming in, bringing up the My Day Today screen, reviewing that with the patient, letting them know that this is going to be updated throughout their stay. Um, And then prior to leaving the room, they can indicate on there to the patient, you've been ordered education. Before I leave the room and introduce myself to the rest of my patients, I'm going to go ahead and start this video for you about your health. Then when I come back to do your assessment, we're going to discuss this video and I'm going to answer any questions that you have. So once that patient you know, watches that video, it will document in the EMR, depending on the EMR, some EMRs do not allow us to document, but many do, can document in that EMR. I come back to do the patient's assessment, we can discuss the video, maybe it's on heart failure, and then I can document my teach back in the EMR. So you can see how we can one, assist with hardwire and bedside report. We can put the nurse at the bedside with the pillow speaker, not in the hallway, not at the doorway. Um, two, we can you know, streamline that that morning and afternoon process of bedside report by incorporating education into it. And then when you come back, rounding that out and doing your assessment and teach back. So there's many ways that we can help lean down clinical workflows and support nursing and what they do, help drive satisfaction, help drive outcomes. I mean, we know good communication and informed patient helps with positive outcomes. And that's something that we, again, are very passionate about. And we work very closely with our um, organizations on how best to drive utilization of education across their system. Because when we drive education, we are in essence driving health literacy. And then if you look at it in another way, um, something again, that's that's quite interesting. So if you look at how many videos patients watch and if you're doing it at every bedside report, or you create some sort of um, initiative around education, maybe it's four for health, 4 p.m for health. Um, at 4 o'clock every day on hourly rounds. Nurses go around and they engage the patients in education and say, I'm going to start this for you now. I'm going to be back on our next round or the next time I come to give you some um, uh, medication or something, we're going to review this information. So, you can have these initiatives around um, education, but if you think about, if we're driving education twice a day at Bedside Report or you know, on a certain time every day, and you think every patient in your facility, maybe you can get 90% of your patients um, educated a day in your facility. And you look at that number of videos, and the videos generally, it just depends, are anywhere from three and a half to some 10 minutes long. And you look at how many videos, maybe you're at, you know, I have a unit currently, just just some other baby unit that's already at 3,000 videos Um, one unit. And then you look at that. Okay, so 3,000 videos. How much time has nursing saved while those patients are watching that? How many hours? And then you can look at when you take those hours and you say, how much monetarily have we saved um, in nursing time? So if a nurse, an average pay for a nurse is $34 an hour, and you multiply that by the hours of videos that patients have watched, and you've streamlined these workflows, when you are in a position of a a nursing shortage, this is the type of information that's gonna help you drive utilization of technology and buy-in and adoption of nurses.
0: When we were speaking last week, you had touched on this um, metaphor of um, the picture of, the window washer at a children's hospital wearing a, I believe it was a Spider-Man. Spider-Man, costume, yeah. And how you thought that was a perfect metaphor for what, what patient care means. Do you mind explaining a little bit about that? No, treatment? Certainly.
1: It's certainly, certainly it's something that I, I just, it always rang true to me seeing those window washers. I don't live far from Cincinnati Children's Hospital and um, seeing those window washers up there. And if you think about it, it's not always the, what's the matter with the patient, but it's what matters to the patient. And um, like I said before, you know, a window washer is not a clinical person everybody within a hospital, and we found this out during COVID, everybody in a hospital is a caregiver because families have questions, patients have questions. It's not always a clinical person that's there to answer them, just like the technology can be that bridge. So if you see that window washer and you think about what's on the other side of that, and I've showed this picture many, many times, you've know, you got two little girls with IVs standing there with their, their hands on the window and they're smiling. And it might have been the first time they smiled all day. And it's not the drugs that are going to their IVs that's making them happy. Um, Those are necessary things that need to happen. But just like a solution in the room that can provide some sort of simulation of home, you know, the ability to get information, the ability to watch movies, relaxation, play a game on your TV, you know, assimilate that. Um, it's, It's what provides that those those sparks of happiness. So you think of those little kids looking at that window washer and he's smiling at them. You know, that makes them happy. And then you think of those parents standing behind them. I'm sure they're in tears because their child is smiling today. So be the window washer. That is, that is my advice. Be the window washer, you know, in everything that you do. Um, Find out what does matter. Listen to that patient voice. And that's what we've tried to do at MDM. You know, listen to that patient voice. What matters to that patient? It's that, that that system that that's gonna give them information. It's easy to use. It's relevant to them. It speaks to them. It's personal. They understand it. And then in a virtual personalized way, if someone can't be in that room with them, we can get them in there without exposing them and provide that patient with some emotional support um, when they need it the most. And so, um, you know, that's, that's just really where we're coming from with um, Journey PX.
0: Beautiful metaphor. And I, I know that's your philosophy. And I'm just so happy to be able to speak with you a little bit today. Oh, and certainly, uh, hopefully, we'll get to speak with you again soon on some more focused topics. And um, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ashton. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to PX Space. For more information, head to our website at journeypx.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our monthly newsletter.